if Michael Jordan was on the, the Globetrotters, that's my helpful game. Oh, oh but yeah, okay. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I only barely understand what that, even, that, that statement means. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 161 of the Erasable Podcast. I'm Andy Welfley and I'm here with my comrades in graphite, Tim Wassum and Johnny Gamber. Hey guys. Andy. Hey Andy. Hey. Well, we wrested control of the Erasable Airwaves away from the evil yet iconic duo of Johnny and Charlotte. That was that was pretty great. We'll get you next was, time, Johnny and Charlotte. No. <laughs> she made <laughs> me do it. Cute. Later, we're going to catch up with Noah Beer from Maker's Cabinet, the folks who created the Hovel Sharpener about their new pencil-focused product on Kickstarter. But first, let's talk about the tools of the trade. Tim, what are you, what are you writing with and consuming? Well, uh, the most important thing I'm consuming, which has just been really awesome and I'm trying to savor it as much as possible is the new Hemingway documentary by Ken Burns. Mm. So we, Oh, you didn't finish it yet. No, we, we subscribe Uh. to the PBS documentaries channel on Amazon and oh neat yeah it's like four bucks a month or something and it's just the easiest way to get all those together because i just watch them all the time so i yeah i've watched the first one and i'm halfway through the second one and i seriously i'm like i they're so long i mean they're like it's like six hours total and i i'm watching them like 30 minutes at a time or something like that but it is so good so johnny you've seen the whole thing yeah you can get a pbs passport for like six bucks i think a month mm-hmm. and have like everything on mm-hmm. pbs it's like, ooh, you won't sleep anymore. <laughs> but yeah, we it's uh, not spoilers. The middle one was rough because, you know, his life was rough at that mm-hmm. point. Like whenever you read a Hemingway bio, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. It's that like pre-midlife, he's a jerk thing coming on. Yeah. But I thought it was really balanced. What did you think? Yeah, I think they do. They, he's doing a really good job. And he's, it, it makes it super makes everything feel new. Like the information feels new that you're getting. I also like that it doesn't have like rose colored glasses or whatever, where he'll just be like, here's a bunch of lies. He used to tell about himself. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he used to say that he did this. He didn't he used to say that he did this. He didn't. You know, so I like that part of it. And, and I was a little afraid that they were going to like spend too much time on like his, like he little, like when he was a little kid or something, but that was, I think they sped through that right. At the, Nobody cares about right, that. Right at the perfect. Yeah, they really did. Perfect pace. And, a lot of interesting focus on his mom because everybody always talks about his dad because his dad and him, you know, died the same way. But so they, he, she usually gets a little less attention, it seems like. And so they talked a lot about his mom and like they had such a crazy relationship. I don't I, I loved it. And also there's just tons of like manuscript pictures that are just really yeah. awesome. Like lots of close ups on pencil manuscripts and shots of his <laughs> desk and all that good stuff. So can't go wrong. Any picture? Any pictures of old pencils? Anything I haven't found any yet. Johnny's further; th- mm. he's through it. I haven't seen any, but yeah, you can't identify them though. Mm. They some, they had access to the uh, house in Cuba, which was pretty awesome. Did a lot of cool like long shots with the sunlight coming in the windows. That's very cool. I heard the other day, and this might be later in the documentary, but I saw it on Twitter and it blew me away that you, I, I learned that in 1936 Hemingway's rate that he got paid was a dollar a word. In 1936. in 1936. So that means that if he yeah. wrote a 1,000 word feature, I mean, in today's money, I read that that's like the equivalent of writing a 1,000 word, or I think I said page, but 1,000 word feature and getting like $19,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. And like the same person who was sharing that and like had said that like the amount of money he made just from reporting on the Spanish Civil War bought him that crazy house. Like, wow. It's insane. But so yeah, that documentary is very good and I can't wait to finish it, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not rushing through it and I'll watch it again. I'm sure, but I'm just kind of savoring it and I am reading the sympathizer, which has been staring at me from my shelf for a long time. Cause I got it for a really good deal and just had been meaning to get to it, but didn't really, ha- I didn't really have a great understanding of what it was about because I just hadn't looked too closely because I just buy books <laughs> so often. And then I heard it mentioned on the guys were talking about it on take note and it was almost like it just like yelled for me off the shelf and I picked it up. And I think the thing that put me over the edge is that they, Adam described it as a, Adam Webb described it as a, a spy novel. And I was like, Oh, spy novel sounds really good right now. And so I picked it up, but it's very good. So yeah, the author's name is, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing. It. I'm probably butchered that, but 
I think it's just Nguyen. Nguyen. Okay. So he, yeah. he won, this book won the Pulitzer Prize several years ago. So it's awesome. It, it's written from the perspective of a guy who's in jail and he's writing it as his confession for something. So a lot of energy and I, yeah, it's, it's very cool. A lot of good sentences in there. I'm enjoying that a lot. They use letters in a very good order. <laughs> He's very good at using the letters in order. Yeah, put words together, make sentences. Is that, is that a Tommy boy? Top to bottom, left to right. Put words together to make sentences. <laughs> <laughs> it's called reading. I pull that line out of my students at least once a semester. But And then uh, as far as listening, this is another recent find, but I went to like a thrift store in town and went to the records, which is always full of garbage. You know, it's always lots of like really disturbing slightly disturbing Christmas albums and Herb Alpert and Tijuana Brass and mm. obscure classical records. But I found uh, like a perfect copy of the best of the Everly brothers, which is some, uh, one of those like groups that I hear is like, you know, all the early rock and roll bands or like the sixties bands are like influenced by them when they were younger stuff. And, and I just bought it and we have been like wearing it out on the turntable. It's like, you know, they did the songs like, like bye bye love. Remember that song? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like kind of their big hit, but it's a great, it's a great album and it's a really good like palate cleanser to have playing in the house in the background. And it's a lot less dorky than you remember it being probably. All right. And I am writing with a, because of the Hemingway document, I'm using a very handsome uh, cat pencil that I bought at Hemingway's house (laughs) in Key West that has with a little cat butthole. Yeah. It has a cat butthole. It is a little hand carved wooden cat that's painted that is posted on the top of this pencil, which is also painted and decorated and it's uh, beautifully sharpened with a hovel. So <laughs> Ooh, nice. it is al- and it is almost unusable because of the weight of the cat on the top and the, <laughs> and the horrifying state of this graphite. But you know, I thought it was a, a sensible choice and I am using, I am using a, an erasable podcast uh, ledger from right. Notepads. Oh, nice. Yeah, I found found an old one that has like 20 random pages at the end that I forgot that I didn't use. And so I'm finishing it off right here. So that's me. How about you, Johnny? Nice. So from uh, Les's last zine, Useful Journaling 1.3, I was sort of going back to the books about journal writing. So I picked up How to Make a Journal of Your Life by Dan Price. Have you guys seen this book? No, like, I've never heard of it. It's the opposite of Writer Carol. It's a lot of like... Hey, don't write sad stuff in this book. Write that in another book. Uh, it's a lot of books. But it's it was interesting. And it's it's like a zine. Like, the whole thing is handwritten. But it turns out he's, like, a famous scenester also. So I wish I'd known that going in. I would have appreciated it more. Maybe found some stuff to copy. And I just read a book that I got for Christmas called uh, Burning the Books. That was by, his name escapes me. He's the librarian of the Bodleian at Oxford. It's about like collecting knowledge and libraries and archives and also historical temps, attempts to destroy and suppress knowledge. So it was really, really good. One of those like, ooh, I better ration this out books. Except that the cover looked like burned paper in a way that was really just kind of disgusting. So <laughs> like, I hope they, they put a better cover on the paperback because I had a lot of trouble finding reviews of it. Like nobody touched it, but he's like a big deal. And I read On Earth, We're Briefly, Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong, whose name I hope I'm not mispronouncing. Do you guys like his poetry? Beyond that that title poem. Mm-mm. Yeah, he, he like he's the best at titles. Like yeah. everything, that, all his poems, his books, they're perfect. I don't know how autobiographical it was, but parts of it were very hard to read, but also hard to put down. So definitely a good book to check out. I think Amazon had it for like 10 bucks. Like can't beat it. And um, yeah. like Tim, I was engrossed in the Hemingway documentary and I've been obsessed with Muse lately, which will show up probably in this month's Patreon playlist. I forgot how ridiculously good they are. And I'm writing with a general's test scoring 580, which is such a damn good pencil on this nice, smooth field notes paper, which is the winter edition because the spring edition is still missing. Nice. Awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Just pulling out mine. What do I have going on? I've been reading a lot of books lately. I finished a couple of them. One is a book called Four Lost Cities by 
Annalie Newitz, and they're an author. They live in San Francisco. I'm, I think, not too far from where I am. I, I talked about their novel, The History of an Alternate Timeline, before, yeah, which was really good. Yeah. And I watched a Zoom book club meeting about this book, and Annalie Newitz is one of the founders of io9, which was one of the Gawker science fiction blogs. And they are a science writer. So in addition to writing science fiction, they have gone and reported on visited archaeology sites and reported on four different cities in the history of of mankind. <laughs> and they they talk about Pompeii. They talk about oh what I, I do not know how to pronounce it, but it is a is it oh I'm gonna pull up the the thing here. A Neolithic site called Chotalhyuk in central Turkey, which is several millennia old talk about Pompeii. They talk about the city of Angkor in old Cambodia and something that is where St. Louis is today, which is a big mound city called Cahokia. And it just tells a bunch of stories about it, tells how people live. They talk, they draw some parallels about like how these cities started to become abandoned. It's just a really engaging, interesting, just, just archeology span book about the history. It's a really good book. It's different from what I usually read, but I, yeah, I really enjoy it. I think that, Annalie Newitz is a really good writer. I'll also mention a book that has been making the rounds lately. It's called Mediocre, The Dangerous Legacy of White Male America. As somebody who's entrenched in white male America, it's definitely an an interesting read. It's just basically about privilege and white supremacy and the history of the U.S. and like how, you know, white people, white men have kind of come in and and bungled things. They talk about Buffalo Bill and kind of the Wild West uh, culture and how that happened. They talk about the kind of legacy of football, American football. It's it's good. It's a just a good recounting of things of the history of the U.S. and kind of like how you know oftentimes the perspective we get through popular culture and through history class is different. The history of um, you know America. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> basically, the it actual. Is, yeah, it's just yeah. Turns out everything's racist. <laughs> Everything is reported, like created and changed and reported on through the eyes of, of white male America. So mm-hmm. the author, Ijeoma Lowe, like, also wrote So You Want to Talk About Race, which is a really good book. So this is, this is kind of her follow-up to that. Uh, and I'm writing with a pencil that I know that we'll talk about, the Blackwing 223. Won't, won't get into the, too many details there in my Leuchtturm notebook. What color is your Leuchtturm? Uh, this is still my same one that I've been using. I'm almost almost finished with it. It's because um, that dark blue red dots one. Oh, I could say you could probably find whatever color it is in that pencil to match. It's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Couldn't resist. Yeah, <laughs> actually, this this journal looks really good with the Lake Tahoe Blackwing. Ooh, the 70, 73. Just like those those deep blues, I think look really good together. And I don't think we've ever had like a really good scarlet red Blackwing, right? It's a- the TWA ones, yeah, it was That's maybe true. too bright. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. But when also- you're saying scarlet, I'm thinking like blood red. Yeah, yeah. This would this red dots notebook has a really good just like bright bright red. I think that would look really good with the TW pencil for sure. Yeah, cool. Should we get in fresh points? Tim, what do you have hey, going yeah. on? Sounds good. Well, I want to start with the uh, super exciting news. It's just an update on Plumbago Eight which we've been working on, which is the, if you haven't heard about it, is the music issue. So we've got people submitting both written stuff and music, recorded music. And it's going, it's going really well. I've been really impressed with the stuff that I've heard so far. We've gotten, what, somewhere around 10 music submissions and then a bunch of written submissions. And if, when you're listening to this, it'll probably be what, the the 15th, something like that, 14th or 15th. Uh, of April, which means you've got about two weeks left to submit. So get in touch with us if you want to, if you want to do that. We've got everything. We've got a really cool spread of submissions so far. We've got people doing, using stationary sounds to create a track of music, yeah. like a rhythmic stationary track. There's We've got a couple of people doing something similar to that. We've got singer-songwriter kind of stuff that's coming in that is really great from some familiar, familiar names in the group. Uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. How, how, Andy, how are you feeling about the the written side of things? I'm feeling great. We have mm-hmm. yeah, we have a few really good memoir pieces. Somebody's writing a 
uh, fictionalized account of kind of their some experiences through music that they've had, which is cool. Have a have a comic by uh, Diana Oakley who uh, writes the Mad Pencil comic, which has been in every issue since issue two is back, oh. which is cool. So <laughs> just got that in today. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be a really good issue. I have some leads I'm trying to track down on designing a cover, and I don't mm-hmm. know how that's going to mm-hmm. go uh, yet. But I'm really excited about that too. So yeah, definitely wrapping up submissions and and. And especially like just something I'll mention, I I would love to see submissions from from people of color and from women and from you know non-binary and transgender people. I think we have one woman submitting a song, and yeah, I would love to I would love to see yeah just some more musical submission diversity from our folks. But yeah, it's going to be good, you know, any way you look at it. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're thinking about submitting something, but maybe you're on the fence, I mean, we're definitely taking like a zine approach to this. And so don't think that you have to have some kind of like crazy recording set up and, you know, some professional quality thing. You just get in touch with with us and you know, email us at is a plabago magazine at gmail.com. It'll come to all of us. If you're dealing in music, then you'll talk to me and I'll, I'll talk to you about recording and what we can do and what I can do on my end to help you. So we'll, we'll do our part to, to push you over the edge to, to get it uh, written and recorded or, you know, composed yeah. and recorded or whatever it is. We're, we're here to help you. And we've been really excited about the stuff we've gotten so far and, and we're but, always open. I guess, to more. I guess one thing I want to mention is if you are an illustrator or an artist and you want to just provide an illustration that goes along with some of the one of the the stories or written pieces that we have, please get in touch. And also, if you are interested in writing some liner notes, like a short little interview or something with a few of these uh, musicians that are submitting, please get in touch as well. We want a little written companion to the album in the zine, so we're definitely gonna definitely love to see see some volunteers there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So yeah, about two weeks from when you hear this to to get some things you know pitched and and some hopefully submitted. So just reach out to us as soon as you can. We'd love to hear from you. Yay! And the other thing, and this is to, this kind of rolls into our interview with Noah later on. But I wasn't here the first time that Noah was on the show because I was doing stuff with membership podcast and. I missed it. And so I just recently, Noah was super kind enough to, along with some of the samples we're going to talk about, was able to, was able to send me a a hovel, which I had never had before, which you guys have had in hand for a while now. And it's actually going to, what I'm about to say is going to sound a little out of place when you listen to the interview, because just a little like, you know, inside baseball or whatever, (laughs) we recorded the interview with Noah (laughs) like a week and a half ago. So in the meantime, since we interviewed him, I've gotten really good at the hovel and I love it. Like I'm just obsessed with sharpening. I, I just, <laughs> I just walk out onto the deck and sharpen a pencil with a hovel. Like whenever I've got like a dead few minutes and just like, you know, freehand, I've started doing it that way. And I just, yeah, I love it. I use it all the time. So I'm in love with this little, little sharpener. And I didn't think I would actually, when I first got it, I was like, this seems a little fussy, but it's not, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it was just like a touch thing. It was like a feel thing. Once I got the feel for it, it was super satisfying. It was better. Something like, it's like what I wish it felt like when I was knife sharpening, <laughs> you know, because which I do like doing that as well, but it's, it's nice feeling. I wish it was something that I felt a little better, like carrying it around with me, <laughs> you know, but it's yeah. such, it's such like an heirloom, beautiful piece of machined brass that I, I, I just leave it at home and leave it on my desk, but. That's, that's it. I just was going to say that I'm just loving that. I'm loving the hovel and I've, I'm sharpening like pencils left and right. Like crazy. <laughs> you're, you're so much better at it than I am even after two years. So just like, <laughs> I yeah. don't know. It's just, so, I don't know what it is. It just like clicked with me or it's just like, it, yeah. it scratched some kind of like primal itch to use a knife to sharpen the pencil. I challenge <laughs> you to a hovel off <gasps> for charity. Ooh. You're on. Oh, for charity. Dude. I can show oh, never mind. all of the paint <laughs> off of a pencil. <laughs> you, you focus so much on the fact that you can, you haven't asked if you should. No, it's the, <laughs> it like, I, just, I just butchered the amazing. Ian Malcolm quote from, <laughs> it's from Jurassic yeah. Park. But it looks so old and like beat up. Mine's already awesome. yeah, looking pretty rough. I love it. It's get, gets my as a throwback to an early episode, but my caustic hands have already started turning the the brass like different <laughs> colors. So yeah, I mean, I'm usually covered hands. in coffee oil. Cost, that, was a, was a, that was episode title of like episode eight or something, wasn't it? That was like a really long <laughs> I time ago. I don't remember that. But that was the, oh, that was when my when I first got my my Midori bullet pencil, and it like immediately started to like turn brown <laughs> as soon as I touched it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, but you're you're on gamber. 
Well, yeah, I was tempted to publish mine for the challenge, but no. Now, but the, the thing is, we got to decide if it's going to be like who's going to sharpen a pencil or who's going to do some goofy crap and like do like, it's like trick shooting. It's like the difference between like I feel like <laughs> you're. I feel like I am just some like really solid like forward on a pro team that like scores points quietly, and you're like the Harlem Globetrotters, and you're like <laughs> doing like needlessly it's like fancy found- stuff. Get on his if, level. <laughs> if Michael Jordan was on the, the Globetrotters, that's my helpful game. Oh, oh but yeah, okay. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I only barely understand what that even that, that a statement means. <laughs> well, it meant enough to hurt my feelings. So you're on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Michael Jordan. So, yeah, loving that hovel. <laughs> and, la- and last thing I've got is, uh, yeah. So Blackwing's been busy. They have. With a couple. The paint shop has been busy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, the paint shop has been busy, and they've got. So we're going to talk about the tw- the two twenty three later, but they just announced what was this like two days ago, something like that. But very recently announced their partnership with the India like Indie Bookstore Day. So Andy, you had sent this to me. I hadn't seen it until you sent it over, and I love the idea of it. Of course, right? Like, I mean, partnering yeah. up with indie bookstores is like a perfect like home run of of what they should be doing and who they should be partnering up with, which I love that, but I hate this pencil. (laughs) Yeah. What was that sharpener called where you could like connect two different pencils together? Oh yeah. Uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. It was like some sort of like Tetris situation, but it looks like they, they did that. Yeah. It looks like an accident kind of. (laughs) It's not a happy little accident. (laughs) No, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't like to be, I don't like to dump on things, but I just, I really, when a good cause isn't enough to make me buy a Blackwing every time <laughs> when it costs $27. And it's like, I know that not that much of it is going to <laughs> the cause or whatever, you know, like I, this time I just, I'm, I'm going to pass on these, but they just look with that, like kind of sort of like barf yellow eraser that's on it. And I'm just not a fan of this at all. And I was a little disappointed because like, I, I, I want to buy something that's associated with uh, like indie bookstore day, but this one, and I, and I would love to see more design rationale, right? Like, how, why does it look the way it does? Like the the lower fourth, the third, or whatever is like kind of a palomino orangey red, mm-hmm. and then it's Almost like, like a, a coral or something. Yeah, it's like yeah, and then there's a a really nice blue. Like the colors in and of themselves are really great, but there's this weird like stripe set yeah it's like those tattoos that the dudes get on their forearm like the yeah (laughs) the like stripe to like the the loop all the way around like and i I think that stripe would look really good on the ferrule or up higher on the pencil and the i really Um, don't understand the white background on the type like white white text just on that blue would have been better and then move that line up and i just wish it was a solid color too i i don't like the the dual color it's like just because they can you know yeah the, so, and the partnership, I'm still trying to figure out the partnership, too, because, it, I mean, it, what it seems like is only independent bookstores are going to be selling these Blackwings, right? So mm-hmm. somebody posted a, a picture of the, like, the order okay. form. But, so it's like, but is there is there a certain amount of money that's going to independent bookstores? No, or, I don't think yeah. that's the case. So I got a feeling what yeah. basically is happening is that yeah. if the indie bookstore buys 10 dozen of these to sell in their store, that means they're going to make 30 bucks or whatever. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Of, I don't know what the profit margin is on, Black, on Blackwing. Yeah. But and, yeah. They'll have people calling them up. Can you ship them to me? No, we don't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, meh. I should have put. I should have done that one second, and because all my 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 ecstatic hovel talk should have been the end of my. I don't want to end on this fresh point. I got to find something else. Let me look at my desk. Hang on. Why don't you take the the first one on my list? Although that might be even less. No, positive. it's okay. It's okay. I was just desperately. Uh, here. Oh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay, guys. <laughs> I just didn't want to end on that. I do. I mean, it is cool. It is cool. Here's one. I'll end on a positive. How about that? That's like something that like a therapist would say to do. Like the, the it is a firm graphite, right? Which it's yeah. It's so. not common to see a custom Blackwing that's with the firm core, which that's cool. Like development. So that that's means that point. that's possible, and that's like out there. So that now they're going to start doing customs with you know a, a more diverse you know kinds of because yeah. they went from it started out with all balanced, right? And then so now yeah. this is just one more. So that's that's a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, cool. That's all I got. What about you, Johnny? Well, the new Blackwing is out. 
And it so sure you've is. been you've been in my place with my kid. Charlotte has a loft bed, and the, kid, the other ones have bunk beds. So Henry held his up to the border along the wall, and it disappeared because it matches <laughs> oh, wow. the border and a nursery. <laughs> so, like, I have a theory that this pencil was going to not be the ugliest black wing ever made. <laughs> and instead was going to say something about this machine kills fascists. Yeah. But everybody guessed it and they went, Hey, let's make something so outlandishly. <laughs> Stop ugly. the presses. Stop yeah. the presses. Nobody will guess what this is. I would. And then Ugh. instead of taking the blue or yellow in it, let's give it an eraser. That's the color of dirt. <laughs> like not even potting soil, like the kind of dirt you don't want to see. <laughs> Ugh. If it said this machine kills fascist, fascists, I would have gone into like hoarding mode, and I probably would have. Oh bought yeah, like I've got tons of those. Yeah, which it's on the box or something, which like you know can show your box well, to people. We or live in a, yeah, we live in a world where taking a stand against fascists is a political. Statement, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I don't understand why they won't just make pencils. Why does everything have to be political? It's like, <laughs> yeah, I heard somewhere that someone accused Blackwing of being very social justice warrior type <laughs> because what? they don't like fascism. <laughs> Yeah, or like, oh, yeah. women's right to vote. Man, that's a liberal issue. Yeah, wow, how <laughs> dare you? Yeah, so, yeah, I have, we've, and Henry, my Henry has gotten in on this with me, but we've been referring to this edition as the the Hot Wheels Playmat edition. That's perfect description. <laughs> I will say, I, I did fix, I sent you guys that picture, right, where I fixed mine. I couldn't see what you fixed. I, yeah. I used a black Sharpie and blacked out all the white lines oh, in the middle of the which really makes it look like a little, you know, halfway decent. There's something about those lines that makes it, it just like pushes it over the edge and it kind of hokey. I'm still not using them, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. My kids didn't want any of these. It's like, hey, you guys want one of these? They're like, no. They turned their noses <laughs> up. <laughs> Rosie just takes like it, the... just cracks it in half and drops it on the floor. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I like the design in like the, the art, right? Like the, like spread on a canvas, you know, yeah, it's a very sort cool. of like you know, expressionist kind of like road, right. With, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of green Hills and shimmering byway or whatever the heck. (laughs) Yeah. That would be whatever that is. (laughs) Yeah. It would be an amazing sleeve tattoo for somebody with a lot of guts and and a lot of money. Yeah. So, so wrapped, yeah. Wrapped, wrapped like that kind of around an arm would look really good, but wrapped Mm -hmm. the long way around a pencil. It just doesn't, it just doesn't do it. It, it, I do like, I always, I I do like when you, they have a design where the dozen pencils, like all of them look different. I do like that. Mm -hmm. Like where the, Mm -hmm. the printing lands on different colors. Like that was pretty cool to see those lined up at the top. But yeah, I don't think that's on purpose. Well, I don't care. (laughs) I still, I like it, but yeah. Yeah. And I just like, think of how cool it would have been if they would have done like, I, even to like stick with the open road kind of thing, if they would have done a pencil that was similar to the the volume four that had some kind of like textured matte finish that was like a road, mm-hmm. you know, and just doing like solid yellow lines down one side of it. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, so it was like a black, yeah. like a black matted with the dot, dotted like road lines in the middle and then black wing on the other side. Like, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, when Eris came, I declared them the ugliest black wings ever made. And somebody said, what about the jade ones? And I said, did you hear me? <laughs> yeah, so you're like, oh, yeah. Did I stutter? <laughs> I will take the jade ones four times for a year over this thing. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, a couple, couple really big like swings. but Yeah, I really like that composition book that they... I haven't seen it in person, oh. but the comp book that they um, put out to go with it. That's the other thing that like <laughs> kind of pissed me off because I was like, why wasn't that the extra? Give us a notebook. Like those can't cost that much. Like, I mean, postcards, great. But I mean, I don't know. I just, I might have been a little kinder if it was like they would have thrown in one of those notebooks or something with for subscribers, even though I'm a subscriber and I got mine like a week after that was real, like they announced it on Instagram. So it was like, yeah, spoiled. Yeah. And then I, I got, got them like Saturday. 10 days later. <laughs> Yeah. I yeah, just Johnny, got mine. You no, I got them Friday. Yourself. I'm a liar. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I'm on their crap list because mine always seem to, seem to come late lately. <laughs> well, here you are. I, w- I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since I said that the, the eras were the worst put together pencil that was more than 50 cents. I didn't say that. <laughs> the The thing about that composition book is a bunch of people got theirs and it was sort of like banged and wrinkled. And I was looking at the product shot on their website. And if you look at their their 
product picture of this notebook and you look at the bottom, there's like a little wrinkle squish down there. So <laughs> it seems like it looks like there may be just just kind of, I don't know, just a little fragile. Oh, I see it. Yeah. I mean, the, the font and the colors on that are pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, I, I like that one a lot. Yeah, I actually assumed cool. it would be more expensive than that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but then I'll have to use one of those pencils now. <laughs> and this is as naked as, as we get. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, it's not your fault. No, I was just uh, apologizing to the listeners. Sorry, ladies oh. and gentlemen. We are, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. getting really superlative, ugliest, <laughs> silliest. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, every, you know. Nursery any, themed. Yeah. Yeah, all series have to have an ugliest. That's how it works. Yeah, it's true. It's like, relic- it's like Buddhist monks with their like sand art, right? You got to make like one imperfection somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I hope the next one's just like super simple. That's where they shine. I think that would the be ones good. that are really yeah straightforward. Yeah, yeah. So folks should have gotten their issues or their copies of Disposable Number Two by now. I only got one back so far. Last time. I think I sent them out in mid-December, right as the big mail explosion was hitting, and I had no idea it was coming. And I was still getting ones that were returned in like late February. So hopefully it's just the one. And uh, I know who that is. We'll get it taken care of. But if you didn't get them, then drop us a note, and I'll get one out to you. And, and remind people who you, like, how you oh, qualify for one of these. Yeah, if you back us on Patreon at $5 a month or more, you get disposable four times a year. And we should call it recyclable because if you don't want it, you know, <laughs> maybe we it. should. Yeah. And speaking of zines, that's all I have to talk about. So I put out all 12 issues of Pencil Revolution in one volume that is cheaper and way easier for me to mail. So if you don't have them, save yourself some money and go buy that thing. And by the time this comes out, my April issue will be out, which is called Reduce, Reuse, Revolution. And it's about eco pencils. And also how none of them are actually eco-pencils. So yeah, that's my short, short zine plug. And that's it. All right. Well, speaking of zines, I, I'll briefly talk about 404 Magazine. I, yeah, I so sent out, I think I talked already about issue two that has been mm-hmm. going out. It's really love the color of it. It's really glossy which is something i wasn't anticipating when i ordered it but so this month is national poetry month if you remember last national poetry month we had the amazing poet kiki petrosino on talking about poetry just kind of in just in general and you know writing poetry and having a zine that where, where i take like interface writing and i sort of turn it into poetry i was trying to think of something cool to do for national poetry month and I think that means for issue three, we are we would love to see your original poetry that is inspired by error messages and new product tours and just like words that you find in digital interfaces and websites. So I already have a few really good submissions. I have a poem uh, by a friend of mine about a tr- wrestling with a chat bot to try to get them to put, put her in touch with a human. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. It sounds biblical. Yeah, it does. And very existential, right? Like, am I talking to a human being or am I talking to a robot? Like, sometimes you can't tell. I have a few other really good ones. I'm going to gonna be be working on some myself. So whether or not it's like, you know, in free verse poetry or in a, a style that, you know, you choose, or if you're trying to do a, a limerick or a sonnet or whatever, <gasps> I would love to hear from you. Johnny, you gasped. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was thinking limerick and you said it. Ooh, yeah. Um, do it. What is I your policy on... Blue profanity. language. <laughs> I was gonna say, let me finish this for him. I say can profanity. I use the F word? <laughs> Depends on the context. I I might be willing to go for it. I can always invent a context for that. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Blue language. So yeah, 404 <laughs> Magazine issue issue three will be really good. If you go to 404.computer, you can read more about that. Wanted to give a couple quick updates. One is about the, if you're a Patreon subscriber at $10 a month or more, you and you have signed up before April 1st, you are getting a t-shirt. Really, you should have gotten a t-shirt. I sent a bunch of them out and except maybe for some people overseas, they should be 
They should have arrived by now. If that is not the case, please get in touch with me. And finally, something we are trying to do here to do more of is start doing transcripts of of episodes. So uh, I think I've talked about this before. I don't know if I've done it here, but there's a there's a new editing app that I'm using called Descript, which lets you edit audio sort of like you're editing like a word processing document. It kind of generates an auto trans auto generates a transcript for you. And it's not super accurate, but it gives you a baseline transcript to work with. And we have a really, really wonderful group of volunteers, dedicated erasable volunteers, who are taking ten minute chunks of these this transcript and copy editing it. So we we did this for episode 160, I'm sorry, 159 and 160. And if you go to the episode page on erasable.us, you can read the transcript. So if, if we have people who are hard of hearing or deaf or just plain don't want to listen to us blather on, they can read us blathering on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we're better on paper is, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. If, if this is something that you are interested in uh, helping with, we would love, uh, we would love your help. So get in touch and we can, we can figure out how this workflow is working. It's kind of still an experiment. We are not to the point where we can release transcripts at the same time as we're releasing episodes. Uh, we're maybe like a week or so behind, but it's, yeah, it's a good start. Yeah. All right, guys, should we, should we get into, get into the main topic? Yeah, get no on the horn. All right, and for our main topic today, we are joined by a familiar voice. You may remember Noah Beer from Maker's Cabinet, who came on the show in 2019 on episode 111 to talk about the Hubble, which is that very solid brass plain pencil sharpener that we've we've talked about a few times since then. So we're going to chat about a really cool new pencil related project launch with him, and also some of the things that they've launched since then, which is you know we have we have in our hands. So Noah, welcome. Hi, nice to meet you guys. Well, it's not me. Yeah. See you again. Oh, long <laughs> yeah, time. it's been wow. It was only in 2019, but it feels like it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, a lot has changed yeah. since then. Yeah. So Noah, <laughs> for people who may not have heard that episode, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and Maker's Cabinet? So my name is Noah from London. I'm one of the others of Maker's Cabinets. And what makers create beautiful drawing and writing tools that last a lifetime or more. Currently, we have main products, including the Hovel Pencil Sharpener, the Iris Drawing Compass, and the Stria Folding Ruler. And what we try and do is to create products which inspire creativity, are a joy to use, and you keep them for a lifetime. So they continue on your creative journey for the whole of your life. And they're made to be durable and to just be... And they are very solid brass, so you can also bludgeon somebody with it if you want to. <laughs> That's a secondary feature. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I Put was that on wondering, your is it, is it le- can you legally carry the Straya in the um, UK? Yeah, <laughs> I street? think so. We did play like a bit like a butterfly knife because you can flick it open and <laughs> I, have, I haven't had to ever use it or get anywhere near someone that would that's a good test me and make me pull it out. <laughs> we're, we're Americans, so we just want to turn everything into a weapon. So, yeah, no, these are. Yeah, so it's. It's interesting to hear when we talk on the erasable group about, you know, carrying a pocket knife to sharpen your pencils and folks in some other countries are like, we can't do that. I think three in, three inches is Not, the, isn't that the maximum size, at least in the UK? Yeah, I think you can, I think, so. I think you can do that. And I think that if you are someone like me who will carry quite a wide selection of pencils that a police officer has never seen before, and you can tell them all of the characteristics, <laughs> they will probably believe, believe you that you're a pencil <laughs> nerd rather than a, I don't know, an aggressive individual. That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) So it doesn't just feel like a long time since you were on Erasable. It's been a while insofar as the products you guys are putting out. So since then, you've put out two of your three products. Can you talk to us about the Straya ruler, which is the, you know, brass ruler that folds in half that I can't put down and that my... my son won't put down and it's going to fall on his foot eventually. It has the most satisfying little clicky sound inside of it. Yeah. Oh my God. When you, <laughs> it's my yeah. fidget toy. So, so with the Stria, we launched it on Kickstarter and designed it after the second product, the Irish drawing compass. And the thought of doing a folding ruler was because from our previous campaigns, we'd sort of built up a little bit of a community of followers and people that were starting to send us ideas for things that they'd like us to have a go at designing. 
one of the things that popped up quite a lot was a folding ruler. And we were reminded of the plastic folding rulers we were given or we used in school. Often minutes until they snapped. I do remember mm-hmm. trying to play like, what's it called? Smoke when you like put it against your desk and you strum it. But <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't great for its structural integrity. So we, we thought we'd make one that was really, really durable and satisfying. We thought about different methods for it to fold up and we a rotation. And from our experience doing woodworking, which is also where we found our inspiration for the hovel pencil sharpener, we used sort of tail joint for the form of the hinge. So one of the arms rotates around the other one and there's like a dovetail hinge. So we've also put inside of it, as the guys have already mentioned, some like little grub screws, which click into place at 45 degree angles. So it makes a really satisfying sound so that so you can good. easily, but it also makes a bit of a nice fidget toy. So not like this, but in some Zoom yeah. meetings, you will hear me clicking, <laughs> click, 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 open, open, <laughs> close. But yeah, it's just to having your desk and around you whilst you draw. And jo- Johnny, I, yeah, is this I don't know if you got this, but yeah, we can hear that. <laughs> That's amazing. That's did awesome. you, did you understand, did you understand right off as I did not what that little screw is that came I with did. it? Is that super nerdy? No, I mean, that was, I had to ask <laughs> Noah before you got in the call. So there's, there's a little yeah, brass, the, a neural uh, screw that comes with it that you use to sort of like tighten the, the hinge on the Strya that I just like it, it. I, I had no idea what it was for, but that, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And then, Noah, what did you say about what you can do? What else you can do with this? So, so you use the little thumb screw to adjust the hinge so you can make the resistance yeah. of the arms tighter or looser. And then we were having these little hex in the office and we kept losing them because they're so small. So we thought, why don't we put it somewhere where we will never lose it? So you can basically stow the little thumb screw in your hovel. So we know that you've also got your thumb screw for adjusting your stria. That's really clever. I I have been getting ads for just like crazy on Instagram for the next thing, which is the iris, which is I I I mean I I understand sort of the action of that iris, but n- only in the context of cameras, right? I have never I have I'm not really a much of a drawer, but the idea of using an iris to draw circles is just such an interesting idea to me. Can you talk a little bit about where the idea uh, came from for that and how this came into the world uh-huh yeah so funny when uh, we were first starting out uh, my two business partners ben and odin had met for the first and ben went round to odin's for the first time to see his like student dorms and he walked into odin's bedroom and the room was filled with drawings of circles and what odin was had done was he was trying to master the technique of drawing a circle perfectly with no aids <laughs> And and I can imagine this, and I and I've seen Odin's drawings, and I can really imagine that they probably weren't that close to a perfect circle. So we knew that there was something there, and that like the traditional drawing compass, where you have the hole in the center of your page, was not something that we enjoyed using, and that what we would usually use was little cups, paint tins, just anything that was round and around our desk as well. So what we wanted to do was create something that would give you that same sense or like that same stencil use, but was scalable. And then we ran with cameras one day and it struck us that the aperture was a really great, great way of creating a scalable stencil. So you would just set it to the diameter of your choice and then take your writing instrument, preferably a pencil, and use it to draw a circle. Do you want to know what my favorite little hidden feature of this this thing is that I just I just realized this morning when I was playing with it is on the back of the iris the the words iris and then the maker's cabinet logo are are like laser etched on it but only when it like comes to an almost close do they show up so it's it it's just it's oh, like wow. a little like movie animation right like you're you're closing the <laughs> iris and then all of a sudden the words just sort of like come together Yeah it's like your own yeah. little stop motion <laughs> before yeah. your very eyes <laughs> yeah the so what are some you- 10 millimeter mark so yeah if you ever want to find it easily yeah. you can just easily scale down to that and then just do that check out the back so what, of it. what are some use cases for this iris is it based off of are there is this based off a design like the you know the hovel is based off of the wood planer or is this like kind of an original design it's it's an original design from what we know it's the first use of a aperture for drawing a circle 
Most apertures aren't round, as you'll notice from cameras. So what we had to make sure that the circles were as close to being round as possible with it. Drawing circles, you can also use it to measure circles, measure a pipe and put something around it. It's great for that too. So yeah, Yeah. it's good for drawing circles, but also measuring round things too. Oh, that's really cool. So, you know, that thing has a lot of moving parts, and I can't imagine how complicated this was to design. <laughs> but with the Hovel, you used to post on Instagram a lot of your, like, prototypes, and they were 3D printed and such. And the Hovel is so precise in the way that where you grip it and the angle of the blades. So I'm wondering which one was harder to design and sort of manufacture. I think it was definitely the iris. I think that with the hovel, we found it very difficult because it was the first thing that we had taken from idea to production, and that had taught us a lot. But then the iris, because there are many more moving parts in it, there's a bit more, there's a few more like processing involved with it. It's not just one material like the hovel, there's also the stainless steel. That's made it a lot harder. And people often ask us like whether it's taken a lot of maths to design it. And I think that if we had initially started it with the most precise maths, then it would have been a lot easier. But I remember with one of our first prototypes, we wanted to add the scale, which helps you to... And the way that we had done that was that we had opened the iris, closing it by a millimeter at a time and marking down to create the... Yeah, it was pretty difficult to produce, but now after (laughs) we've produced and we've made the second version, which is what you guys have, it's become a lot easier. And you may have also noticed that there have been some fakes produced uh, on Amazon. Yes, yes, (laughs) I have noticed those. Yeah, so when we just finished our Kickstarter campaign ads, where they had used our videos, which was actually my hands using the iris, and... Ben, my business partner, <laughs> filming me using it. And they'd used these ads to sell a fake version, which is vastly inferior in quality, often breaks. <laughs> and also, it's just a piece of rubbish compared to what we've done. It does, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember I had a conversation with, just on, online with uh, the Baron Fig guys, and they have people who, like, you know, would replicate the Confidant notebook, like, well mm. after they, yeah. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's amazing how quickly those can pop up, right? Like people are, I mean, even you know, even though it is a vastly inferior product and it breaks, like you have to admire how fast they can <laughs> sort of like make that happen. I know it's yeah, it's something yeah, to admire. Uh, I think c- copies yeah. of the the Parker Fifty One copies for the new one actually came out. Of the Parker Fifty One, <laughs> uh, like, the okay. Fifty One. <laughs> Yeah. So, so what, what's, what is the difference between the first and the second iris? So with the first iris, it didn't have a texture on the top. And there's a couple of reasons why we hadn't ah. added the texture. Firstly, it out and we enough people. So when we ended up mass producing it, it also had a different sort of finish to the one that we had done ourselves. So we found that people weren't getting enough grip on it. And we actually had a really where Adam Savage from uh, Mythbusters had bought one of our irises and was showing it on his channel and that we would have a look at that. And we thought if, if Adam Savage, our like God or our like role model <laughs> is telling us to, to make a design change, then we've got to listen to him and, and make that change yeah. for orders. So the new version has this extra texture, which makes it much more easy to grip. And then we've also added a little bit of grease and changed the tolerances. So just, so it moves extra smoothly and satisfying. Yeah, nice. So aside from the brand, what's changed, if anything, about the hovel since we last spoke? Or I guess, I mean, I unfortunately missed that episode, but since I listened to that episode in January <laughs> of 2019 when you when you joined us. So not much has changed with the hovel itself. We've um, kind of worked on the accessories with it, but not much has changed with that. However, there has been a lot with the brand that's changed. So we changed our name. So we're now Maker's Cabinet, as you guys introduced me before. And that made more, much more sense to us than our previous name and was also a lot easier for us to spell when we were on the phone to people too. So that was <laughs> we finished university, which was something that happened last summer. So a lot of you don't know, but whilst Congratulations. We were, thank you very much. Shout out to the class of 2020. Yeah. And that was quite nice. So we've also just moved into a new office space. So anyone 
listening is invited to come pop by for a coffee at some point if you're ever in East London. So that means we can do uh, developing the products. And it's just nice working out of our like student dorms buyers too. So we brought some more people onto the team. So I don't know whether this is okay, but I thought I'd just shout out Will, Alex, Sharina and Trisha, our new stars who are really like giving us some Yay. expertise that we didn't have before. Well, welcome to the team, everybody. That's awesome. I was going to be in London um, in June of last year for a conference, which of course didn't happen. So someday I will again be in London and have coffee with you in East London. So uh, going back to the Hovel a little bit, do you? So this is something that we noticed, and actually what we named our episode last time after it was like the, it, it gave us a point that kind of looks like the Eiffel Tower. Do you get so many photos of people showing off their extreme pencil points? <laughs> yeah a hundred percent so many i think we were even inspired by that that we've started to make these little postcards with our friend Bree, where we show a whole array of different points that you can achieve so you can make the darth mall where it's sharp on both ends or the <laughs> the mohawk with the flat but like shortened ends and then led the impaler which is like the really vicious noah can we use that postcard as our uh, episode title yeah, uh, cover art. of course. Yeah, yeah. I will. I can send it over to you. I was amazing. Also, I was also thinking. I don't know how, but maybe we could give you the design file. I don't know if people want to print it off or something too. Maybe. Yeah. Just the postcard to everyone in the group. But if they could print it off, yeah. that would be nice. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Ooh, you could sell prints. Make a poster of just like really weird. I don't know if you saw our last episode cover art, episode one fifty nine. But Johnny had a very strange, disturbing point. <laughs> oh, yeah. That I wasn't think, from a full, that was it? I think it was nice. It's pretty podcasts, awkward. Yeah. It doesn't no, it necessarily change the art each week. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry that I'm not listening on your website no, or the patreon you, sorry about that you, you don't want you don't want to see this particular point i don't think you made that with the hovel did you johnny <laughs> no i made that with yeah. a pocket knife but usually when i do it with a hovel i'll leave like two inches of wood so that i'm holding wood the whole time and it feels really nice nice yeah <laughs> so um speaking of extended pencil things you have an upcoming release that is a pencil yeah. extender slash holder can you talk about that a little bit and tell us why it's different from the limited number that are already yes, on the market? Yes, totally. So depending on when this podcast is going out, it might be live on Kickstarter. And what it is called Feral. And what it is is a pencil extender, which will take your tiny nubs and put them into this like beautifully crafted holder and extend them. But the reason why we had come up with this was because I had noticed a lot of people comparing their nubs and their nub jars in the group. And I thought that there was really something missing because all of the Intel extenders were kind of antiques. And as lovely as they are, I thought we needed a new one. So what we did was we take, we put them into this beautiful collet mechanism, which is sort of aligned in milling machines. And then it basically hugs the pencil tightly, full length and get all that graphite out. Hmm. That's a great idea. And yeah, and it has a, it has a great title too. It's just the feral. Just very simple. Yeah, it is. We wanted to just like shine the light on that little bit that often gets overlooked on the pencil and out the feral. So the feral is the thing that you keep and it's because it rests so nicely in your hand and it's yeah. doing all but the graphite is just sitting there nicely inside working away. So how, how big of a pencil nub fits in? So we're going to have our own that come with it. They're a little bit, but you can sort of take any used a quarter of it or so. And then you can also, yeah, fill between seven and eight millimeters inside of it. Gotcha. And what, what, how, how heavy is it? I'm curious, just imagining the, Com- the Compared to your striats, you know, you, you can also bludgeon somebody with it. <laughs> no, we've actually tried really hard to make it not as light as possible, but to make it as balanced. So it should be about 45 mm. grams. So it won't be so heavy in your hand. And also you've got the wood in the pencil, which is sort of balancing it on your page too. So you're in your hand and it'll be more heavy than a normal pencil. But some people like that. It means that they can be a bit more cursive or be with their handwriting or when drawing too. Yeah. Yeah. And so like you had mentioned like once a pencil gets to a certain length, but does it, I mean, does the, does it have like an aperture or whatever that opens up enough to fit like 
slightly larger like diameter pencils or mainly just like any traditional size pencil will yeah fit? so it, it has a, so the collets will open up between seven and eight millimeters so most pencils are within that range it mm-hmm. won't it won't fit one of my favorite pencils which is the i think it's called the Vic, the viking micro or micro which is like this tiny, mm. tiny, it's even, it's like half the size of a golf pencil. Pencils that are within that, well, all pencils in that size, that are hex, round, triangular, whatever, those colored pencils. If you can get a makeup pencil that's that size, that will go in there too. So I know that back in 2018, you had some really interesting photos of brass pencil holders on Instagram. So it seems like maybe you've been thinking about maybe the basics of this for a while what and correct me if you know if i'm wrong there but what made 2021 the right time to roll this out yeah you're right i can't believe you spotted that (laughs) but yeah we were playing with that just around the same time as the iris we thought it could be a really cool thing to go with the iris it might make drawing the circle easier and then we sort of found that it it does a little bit but not really enough yeah and then we sort of thinking started thinking about how we would hold the pencil in place and in which we've used with the collet it does it is something that is quite technical and precise. So we put it on the back burner until we sort of had the capabilities and knowledge to do it. And we're now at that point, since we have we can devote all our time to it, we've got the team available to help us with it. So the best time to do it, because it would also help with the other products too. So on your website, you have pictures of black wings and you guys sell black wings. So I have to ask, because this is erasable, what are some of your favorite pencils and um, pencil accessories that aren't made by you? Yeah, so we are we are big fans of black wings. And I've got to say, I think I'm pencils was one that they came out with. Never walk alone pencil. It just meant a lot to me. Never really seen a pencil mm. or felt that much with a pencil. So that was one that I really like. And I think that I'm not likely to ever use or use them. They'll just be on my desk as a reminder. But anyway, I do have some other pencils, which I do really like. And I have a thing for the naturals. So as in the Blackwing naturals, but also just other natural lacquers. So the Viking Rolo is one of my favorites. And there's also, I don't know, but there's like a Tombow that's a recycled Tombow with this like really crazy finger joint. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that one. Is that the... The 9550, no, that's not that one. I know which one you're talking about. It's great. Yeah, it's so cool. It's I, I just like stare at it and twist it in my hand, and I can't think of how they've managed to do that. <laughs> have you have you ever used a Tennessee Red? The I have, Tennessee yeah. Red? That was also another one that I, I love because the smell is just amazing. I wish I could bottle it yeah. and wear it. <laughs> And that I ordered from from Musgrave. It's often quite expensive to buy things in the UK from the States. So when I do order things like them, I have to buy a load of things all at once. So yeah, I got that whole box, which sits proudly on my desk. And then there's some other little things that I'd love to try. I've seen the, the Karen Dash sharpening machine and there's like this new Eves Klein blue one, which I think looks really nice. And I'd love to try it out because it's like potential competitor to the hovel, but I don't think it's quite the same. And then little accessories. There's a notebook brand, which are like a London-based brand called Markham Fold. And it's just really, really high quality notebooks. And the person that her name is Amy, sure, she's like done a whole like master's degree in paper and like did a whole thesis looking into like what paper is best for certain people. So like you can tell with them that like they've really, really crafted the product and that like the notebook is just so satisfying to use. No, was that Markham Fold, the name of the company? Yeah, Mark and Fold. So it's like Mark, M-R-K, and then a plus symbol, and then F-O-L-D. Hmm. I don't think I've... Have you guys heard of that, Johnny Tim? I've never heard of that. Yeah. I'm like yeah, I to, yes, I will I'll go look, look for it. That would be... That sounds fun. I really... I think that there's a lot of... I hate using this word because it's such a corporate buzzword, but I think that there are a lot of interesting sort of like synergies between Maker's Cabinet and Baron Fig. I would love to see some sort of a collaboration with the two of you. Mm. Yeah. I I yeah. I think I should try and reach out to them at some point. Yeah. I think I think what you what you your two companies make are very complementary to each other. Like they don't really make highly mechanical things like you know, like the 
the iris or the hovel and you don't make sort of like the consumables like they do so i think that there's some really interesting overlap yeah cool well i will i will have to think about that do you know the guys yeah. that do you know the guys from them because i know that they made i do did they make they made like a special erasables or pencil oh, the, pen, the squire the squire yeah, yeah, yeah squire. that's it yep yeah. Yeah. We've had, we've had, it's actually been a little bit since we've had them on the show, but like, yeah, we've, we've had them on quite a bit before and yeah, we kind of got to know them around the time that the confidant was released, which is their big sort mm-hmm. of signature notebooks. So yeah. Yeah. That would be a, a fun collab. That's we're just assembling our dream team, our fantasy, <laughs> fantasy stationary team. Here. <laughs> Tim, the hovel we're, we're wondering, is there any, plan for a, another type of sharpener like maybe a more conventional style sharpener in the future i'm sorry to disappoint but not really i think that <laughs> that we've put a lot into the hovel yeah. and we honestly think that mm-hmm. nothing's going to beat it in terms of sharpening i think that we are like <laughs> the best at using it in the world us three but no, i didn't so we're yeah. probably biased but i don't we're really not into conventional sharpeners we're, we're really over the the rotation and much more into the plane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, the, I just, I, you, thank you so much. You sent me one and I, I got it yesterday. Luckily. And, or I think it was maybe two days ago, but I've been playing with it pretty much constantly since then. And it is, it's super fun. Like when you hit that kind of like hit your stride with it and suddenly it all kind of clicks in you're like, Oh, now I understand. <laughs> like, I know I understand like the feel or kind of like the, the, how, how much touch and feel it has to it as opposed to just kind of like the brute force of other kinds of, of, of sharpening. And so I, I really enjoy doing it. I'm still trying to, still trying to master using it on like, like a, you know, like a black wing, the, the matte kind, but yeah, mm. but I love it. Have you tried it with the base? Yes. Yes. That's mostly what I've done. I haven't actually tried the, the freehand style yet. So, but I'm still, I'm still learning and still enjoying myself. So <laughs> good to hear yeah, I think the world is ready for one of those sharpeners from like the 1930s, where um, you put the pencil in and you you like turn a crank and there's like a, it turns the pencil a little bit and there's a little like blade that comes down and chops off a little bit and then it turns mm, the pencil a little bit yeah, and yeah, it yeah. comes down. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can yeah. think about bringing one of those back because those are those are a lot of fun. Yeah, I've seen these. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen them. This going viral, which was of a uh, a double edged razor blade that would like get turned on yeah. a stone and sharpened and then flipped over. Yeah, really cool. I've seen those. So I think that yeah. I think that we should have to think about a blade sharpener so that we can like have a blade that you keep forever and yeah. we just sharpen it when it's when it's dull. But we don't have plans for that yet, but yeah. we can always have a think about that. We'll have you on again in 2023 and uh, talk <laughs> about it. So, so speaking about the future, I guess the the last question we have here for you, you know, something you talk about a lot, especially in regards to these these things you sell, is the you know, it's the idea of a future a future antique and something that will last a generation or more. And it's it's interesting that we're it's a cool idea to think about that we're using a tool for like a certain amount of time, and that we can pass it along to somebody else. I know that Johnny's talked a lot about how his kids like have already decided what they want when he's dead. (laughs) I don't have kids, so I assume it'll just be an estate sale. What is it it like to think about people who will be using your products a generation or two from now, even if, hopefully not, but even if your company is no longer around? Like, what are some design considerations for that? Well, I think that we we try and design things that they are somewhat future-proof. Like, there's not much you can really do to your hovel to destroy it. And if there was, was something you could do we try and help you fix it or replace it rather than it just being completely defunct. But I think the idea of having something that lasts so long is, is just a really nice, pleasing thing when so much of our lives is just sort of throw away or consumed or consumable, sorry. And I'm really hoping that one day I'm going to be visiting like one of the malls that I visited when I went to the States a couple of years ago. Hopefully not one of your uh, like estate sales in the future, but <laughs> but like I really hope that one day I do come across of one of my designs and or like one of the team's designs and the life that it's had and our creative tools, how they may have been, I don't know, imbued with the user's creative spirit. It may have been with them at their like lowest and their highest moments. And then there's also, I really love the idea of that you hear these stories from the Second World War of soldiers 
whose lives were saved with their like trusty Zippo in their top pocket. And I would yeah. like love to think that mm-hmm. one of our products was doing the same for someone, hopefully not involving any guns or bullets, but just that one of these things is there as like a lifesaver and it's someone's life as one of those items. Man, kids, your grandkids sharpening your pencil on a hovel that has a bullet in it. <laughs> like, that would be I love, I love the idea of just yes. running across something that you made in an, kind of a an antique mall, something that's treasured. Yeah. No. Before we go, is there any anything that we did not cover that you want to talk about? I don't know. If you like what I've said and you're interested to hear about or see the feral, you should just check out our Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. But yeah, it's really great to speak to you guys again and. Well, I love the community and yeah. Yeah. Stay, stay well, everyone. Yeah. Our pleasure. And, and, and thank you for, um, for getting one of our t-shirts. I hear that you've, you got the, you got the t-shirt in a really lovely kind of like pale pink. Yeah, I did. I, it is, it's going through the USPS system. So I'm holding out. <laughs> so it, I hope it's here. In Good luck with that. Yeah. But it's, yeah. <laughs> it's totally fine. I know, I know it all too well, but yeah, I just checked it just before I joined the call today. And it's just coming yeah. through New York. So it would have traveled a lot more than me this, this past year. So I can't wait <laughs> for it to arrive. Yeah. Well, Noah, where can, can people find you and then uh, Maker's Cabinet on, on the internet? So you can find uh, Maker's Cabinet on Instagram. So just at Maker's Cabinet. You can find our website, www.makerscabinet.com. In the group, in the Erasables group, you can find me. You know, yeah, just... Um, I'd love to chat. Perfect. Well, thank you again for your time. And yeah, we can't, we can't wait to see these ferals. So Johnny, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you could find me at pencilrevolution.com and on social media at Pencilution. All right. Tim, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at Tim Wassum and I'm on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. Nice. And I am at Andy.WTF and Twitter and Instagram as at a Wellfley. This is the Erasable Podcast. You can find out more about us at our website at erasable.us. This episode is episode 161, and you can find a transcript and show notes and uh, the recording at erasable.us slash 161. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Erasable Podcast. Come join our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash erasable. It's a really great community. We also have a Patreon. If you feel like supporting us, we could really use your support. Patreon.com slash Erasable. And speaking of which, we have several people who support us at the producer level, which is $10 a month or more. And those folks are in no particular alphabetical order or whatever. It is Larray Smith, Phil Munson, Nate Raybeck, Donnie Pierce, Bill Black, Miriam Burkout, Dave, Harry Marks, Allison Zapeda. Diana Oakley, Tom Keekley, Andre Torres, Kyle, Paul Moorhead, Andrew Squish, Ali Sarah, Jamelia, Stephen Fensali, Greg Broughton, Aaron Willard, O.A. Pryor, K.P., Millie Blackwell, Chris L., Hunter McCain, Bob Ostwald, Michael Dialosa, Adam Prebola, Jacqueline R. Myers, Tana Feliz, Ann Sipe, Joe Crace, Measure Twice, Michael Hagen, Chris Metzkis, Studio Delger, John Bainan, Bill Klo, Random Thinks, Jason Deal, Dave McDonald, Mary Collis, Alex Jonathan Brown, Andre Prevost, Kathleen Rogers, Bobby Letzinger, Fourth Letter, Kelton Weens, Scott Hayes, Hans Noodleman, Terry Beth, Jay Newton, Stuart Lennon, Dave Tubman, Chris Jones, and John Wood. Wow. So thank you, everybody, for supporting the Erasable Podcast. And we will talk to you again soon. Do you like our podcast? Most people like our podcast. But if you don't like our podcast, David will turn it off. Uh-huh.